Hello and welcome to Brains and Bellies with Ama Mama. Ama Mama fuses together ancient Ayurvedic techniques with more modern functional nutritional therapy methods in order to heal the body and mind. Using food as medicine as our mantra, we examine the bodily systems at play while simultaneously getting to the root cause of your health issue using two different systems perspectives. Beth English Myers, a nutritional therapist, and Carrie Jenkins, an Ayurvedic health counselor, will help identify what patterns in your life may be making you feel unwell, be it diet, lifestyle, physical, or spiritual. Join us here on Thursdays for Brains and Bellies. Hello everyone, today we're going to be talking about the wandering vagus nerve. Hi Beth. Hi Carrie. How are you? How is your vagus nerve today? Uh, my vagus nerve is good because I'm super aware of it after looking into all things vagus nerve um, for our chat today. And I have to say, uh, I'm really, ex I'm really excited <laughs> about our vagus nerve and uh, learning so much about it, but also appreciating the fact that it's been there all along, even though I wasn't so aware of all of its incredible functions. I agree. And I feel like the vagus nerve is really kind of a hot button topic these days. There's lots of talk about it, but I, I often am wondering what people know. Does anyone know what the vagus nerve is? So I thought maybe we would start by just digging into kind of what it is. It's the 10th cranial nerve. That's 10 out of 12. And it's the longest one, right? In the system. Yes. And yes. it's part yes. of the autonomic yes. nervous system, which Beth, I'll let you go into more details with that. I know you're going to explain kind of the anatomy of that to everyone. But basically, the autonomic nervous system is kind of an involuntary system in our body. And the cool thing about this vagal nerve is that it runs from the stem of the brain through really important places like the throat, which I know thyroid is something I'm always talking about, um, the heart, the digestive tract, the lungs. And it kind of branches out into other important organs too. So it really is in charge of things like digestion, urination, even sex in some ways, um, temperature control and blood pressure, bodily fluids in general. But the cool thing about it is that it's called the wanderer. That's the actual Greek name for vagus. And I love that image because when you see an image of the vagus nerve, you really see why it's called that because it does kind of wander and it doesn't move only one direction, it's bi-directional. So it moves up and down and in all directions, which is uh, pretty amazing. I guess, similar to blood flow in the system. Uh, Beth, anything you'd like to add to that? Yes, I think that you know there's so much, so many facts we can discuss about the anatomy of the vagus nerve, but there's so much poetry in the vagus nerve as well. And I, I really do love that it comes from the Latin word for wanderer, the wandering nerve. And, and to me, Carrie, because our podcast is called Brains and Bellies, and we're always so, so enthusiastic about discovering these connections between the brain the belly, uh, the heart and the soul, uh, our different practices, nutrition, Ayurveda, yoga, uh, etc. I find the vagus nerve such a great metaphor for connection. The fact that it goes back and forth 
um, and it's there and it can be, it can be in distress, uh, but it can also be in harmony and it is part of the autonomic nervous system, but it's also something that we can influence quite substantially uh, with several techniques we'll talk about today. But I also wanted to say that what I also really find poetic about the vagus nerve is that to me, it really symbolizes the journey, not the, I mean, the gut and the brain to me are the destination. And that's where it's almost the airport. The vagus nerve is that flight path. It's what's happening. Is there turbulence? Is there smooth sailing? Uh, what, what's happening that's going to influence uh, those two destinations, the gut and the brain. I love that. That is poetic, beautifully stated. And that brings to mind for me just a lot of the things that I tend to work with people on in Ayurveda and yoga and meditation is kind of just learning how to be in touch with the body and know when things are kind of tight or stiff or blocked. Because most importantly, for all health, we want things to run smoothly, um, smoothly, yeah. freely, not constricted, not blocked. And an interesting thing with that is that it's also as much as it's connected to the brain and the belly, which is amazing, there's this whole diaphragmic connection there. And so just using the breath is like such a powerful thing and it can really tune us into so many optimal health patterns in our life, I guess I would say. And I'll speak a bit about the, the anatomy and, and more about the nervous system, but again, Carrie, uh, but it really just goes back to traditional ancient practices where they they didn't have the science we have these days, but there was this intuitive understanding of what uh, would work well for the nervous system. So I do need to front end everything we're discussing with uh, a lot that goes back to, to things that we, that were more traditional. Absolutely. So the vagus nerve, you know, it starts at the, uh, the base of the brain. Uh, there are parts of it that uh, connect to, um, to the ears and throughout the throat. Uh, and then it wanders all the way through, through our throat, lungs, heart, the digestive system, all the way down to about the top part of the large intestine. Uh, so it's there. And, and if we, you know, if we could have everyone visualize, I wish we could show a picture of it right now, but it is just a kind of wandering nerve with lots of connections to these, uh, to these different organs. And our sympathetic nervous system is the part of our nervous system that regulates our rest, restoring um, our rest and our digest, uh, our chilling. Uh, it's when we are able to receive and relax and repair uh, in opposition to our sympathetic nervous system, uh, which is fight or flight. So get going or run away from the tiger, run away from uh, the burning building, um, that sort of thing. So our body in its infinite wisdom is always looking for balance, always trying to go back to homeostasis, going back to balance. And we need, uh, our, our body functions on this push pull of uh, a bit of intensity with relaxing. Uh, we need, we do need stress, uh, but we also need, of course, to come back to balance, come back to rest. And it's this, this back and forth. And Carrie, I think you and I both ex personally have experienced, and we tend to, we, we often work with clients who are spending a bit more time in the sympathetic and we want to bring them back towards parasympathetic because it's very easy these days with um, so many stresses and uh, interferences and technology and traffic or 
building work next door or uh, deadlines, phone ringing off the hook. We can, we can be in our sympathetic nervous system um, almost on top. And it's hard to uh, elicit that parasympathetic uh, response, which would help us to, to come back. Um, we always kind of need that push pull. So we need you know, to get a project done. We'll need a bit of sympathetic to get up and go, get things started, but we need, uh, we need our parasympathetic to help us focus. In terms of our gut and our digestion, the vagus nerve uh, is really key to, to our enteric nervous system. So the nerves within our gut lining um, that regulate um, secretion. So uh, production of mucus within our, within our gut that help protect uh, that the integrity of our gut lining. We're always trying to uh, have strong, strong resilience within our gut and avoid leaky gut, which we call nutrition or gut permeability. So we need that. We also need to have um, all those neurons working and that nervous system working within the gut to help produce uh, neurotransmitters that will travel up to the brain. Again, remembering that this vagus nerve is a two-way communicator. Uh, so it's talking between the brain um, and the belly constantly. And the belly is uh, receiving, you know, we have that gut feeling or we might have butterflies in our stomach. So our gut is talking really, really quickly, receiving so much information, almost like a, quite like a high speed broadband. So a lot of communication. And then it's posting messages to the vagus nerve, metaphorically to the brain. And they're just constantly chatting back and forth with these posts. And the gut is receiving things so quickly, like a broadband, whereas the brain's a little slower, a bit more analog, a little more dial up. Uh, so we tend to feel things more in the, in the gut first. And then we, we may have headaches if things are, are just, if, if there's disharmony, et cetera. Got it. Yeah. I, and um, that, what did you call it? Dial up versus analog or that yes. super highway between the brain and the belly is, is pretty amazing when you think of the visual of that. And then just how it connects kind of in lots of other areas of the body that we've discussed, like the throat, the thorax, the heart, and some of the other important organs like the spleen and liver even. I just wanted to, to mention this idea of HRV or heart rate variability in, in relationship to the vagus nerve and vagal tone. And that's also, I feel like a buzzword that is being talked about a lot. And I just wanted to kind of briefly mention what it is. And it's basically exactly what you were just describing, that push-pull Beth. And I love that visual as well, because first of all, the push-pull is so instrumental in so much of what we experience in life, not only in our own bodies, but also in kind of this macrocosm that I'm always talking about. And we can see it, number one, with sun rising and sun setting, um, with the waves of the ocean pushing and pulling, constant pushing. Oh, yes with the breath as it comes in and out, it's a push and pull, the diaphragm is constantly pushing and pulling. So basically heart rate variability is just a, a measure of how quickly you recover from stress through your vagal tone. So how your vagus nerve responds to, to stressors basically. And there's this whole theory that people with low vagal tone, meaning they have kind of a more 
difficult time recovering from that stress actually uh, release a lot of cytokines, um, which I know that's a word that we all know now from COVID-19, <laughs> that automatically will turn on the sympathetic nervous system, that whole fight and flight response. So just wanted to throw that out there about kind of what that is and, and how to look at it. And then to keep that whole idea of the push and pull in mind, because a little later, I'm going to talk um, about some strategies for increasing that vagal tone, for increasing that HRV. I'll be sure to go over the specifics in a minute. Absolutely. I mean, if you think of, if you, almost if you think of the vagus nerve as an elevator or a lift going down from the brain, like down to all through all its nerving endings through the body at each of those stops, whether it's the, the lung, the throat, the lungs, the heart, uh, the intestine, uh, as it moves down, there's going to, if the doors open, there's going to be this exchange. So there, there's going to be this interconnection with the hormones happening, um, insulin, when we get down to the gut, inflammatory response, certainly the cytokines, huge influence in the immune system, the cytokines, as you mentioned, when we go into sympathetic there, you know, inflammation will be involved. All these things will build up. And I love this, I, this, this term vagal tone. So we, it's another thing that we can work on strengthening, uh, not just our pelvic, but our vagal as well, just reinforcing that so that we are reducing inflammation as, as, as the messages are, are being exchanged, We're supporting our immune system as opposed to uh, weakening it. Also increasing the production of hormones that are, are of neurotransmitters that we want, like oxytocin, our feel good, vagus nerve being described as the love nerve. Again, that connection coming together. Carrie, you can speak more about uh, some of these practices that as they, as they relate to, to yoga and nutrition and lifestyle, but really remembering that each of these nerves is going to be part of a, of a network of um, reactions, hormonal reactions that will influence our appetite, that will influence our uh, immune response, our mood, our temper, uh, et cetera. Yeah, Beth, you've hit on so many really important topics. And I feel like, well, two things I'll just wanna highlight. Number one, this whole idea of this communication system and it really is the body's way of communicating with every part. And, and it really draws a picture uh, for people about how important, how important it is to not separate different systems in the body because they all really are connected. Yes. And it is really important that we have this fluid communication going at all times with all parts. If a person's dealing with a hormonal issue, let's figure out how to communicate inside the body in the best way, not just focus solely on hormones because as we know, they're interconnected with everything. And then the second thing, I do agree with you, vagal tone is a lovely term, isn't it? And I love the idea that we can tone something without actually like lifting or exercising <laughs> or, you know, going jogging or something like that. We can, we can tone something by simply learning how to relax a little bit. And I guess speaking of, of relaxing, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, I, I feel like one of the best strategies, or I guess not best, but easiest strategies for increasing vagal tone is through breath. And there's been a lot of studies on that. It's something that obviously the ancients have been doing for thousands of years through yoga, through meditation, through pranayamas. Um, but the wonderful thing about breath, and I 
probably have said this before, is that you, you don't have to buy anything and you always have it with you. You don't have to remember to bring it. It's just there. When I talk about breath, I'm going to go back to what you had said, Beth, earlier about that whole push and pull because it really is accessing the diaphragm. So when we're using breath, specifically nasal breathing, and any of you who are familiar with yoga and, and some of these practices are familiar with uh, breathing through the nose and, and that's what we do. And we do it for a reason. There are lots of reasons, but specifically it connects into these lower lobes of the lung when we're talking about vagal tone. And when you use the nose to breathe, it directly connects into those lobes, which directly connect into the vagus nerve. Meanwhile, if you were to breathe through the mouth, you're connecting into some upper lobes of, of the lung and they're different receptors. They communicate differently. Another thing to keep in mind is the inhale and the exhale. So the inhale is sympathetic in nature and the exhale is parasympathetic in nature. So if you're ever confused and you're not sure what to do, the one thing you can remember is if you can tune into your exhalation and lengthen it a little bit, that's gonna help to turn on that parasympathetic response. I just think this is a really interesting fact that I can throw out there. You know, most people on a daily basis are breathing about 17 to 20 breaths a minute. And when you start to breathe through the nose, you have this ability to control the speed of your breath. So you can actually lower that to like 10 breaths a minute. And simply by doing that, it increases the oxygen flow in the body and it increases the vagal tone. So that I feel like is just a, a super simple thing to do. Close your mouth, breathe through your nose, focus on the exhale. And you will notice, test yourself, try breathing regularly and put a clock or a timer on for a minute, see how many breaths you take. Then for another minute, try closing your mouth and breathing through the nose and closing the mouth and extending your exhale. And I guarantee it will slow the rate of breath down. So I just wanted to mention a couple other things with nose breathing, because I'm super passionate about nose breathing. It's kind of what I do on a daily basis and what I teach. One of the most interesting things to me currently has been research from a doctor who's been researching nitric oxide. And there's been some kind of new uh, studies that have found things in terms of COVID-19 and this, but many of you may have heard of him before. His name is Louis Ignaro, and he's famously known for discovering Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> and specifically discovering it through his research on this nitric oxide, which is something that our bodies produce. So one of the things that he's discovered is through breathing through the nose, it actually improves the blood flow through the arteries, through the whole body. And so that automatically increases oxygen in the system, more so than breathing through the mouth. And I love that. I think that's really amazing. Um, and then a couple other things, uh, just that, do you know that we have as many hair follicles in our nose that we do on our head? And each one oh. of those follicles, yes is covered in a mucus coating and it has its own microbiome. The nose has, those nose hairs, that, that fluid has its own microbiome. And that to me is an amazing, an amazing- Never thought of that, Carrie, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's like this immune system inside of our nose. So again, like another reason to breathe through the nose as much as you can. There's lactobacilli in the nose on those hairs. There's been studies done. There's this woman, Sarah Lieber, who I think is from Antwerp University. She's done a bunch of studies on this. And she's found that people that 
tend to breathe through the nose have 10 times more of this than the average person who's a mouth breather, which is like, okay, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, I'm breathing through my nose listening to you. And then, you know, just the basics of the phys- physiological part of the nose, the way our system was designed was to put food in through the mouth to talk, it's connected to the larynx, and then to breathe in and out through the nose. Breathing through the nose is going to help moisturize air. So it's going to help keep things moist instead of dry. You'll know that when you get a cold and you have to breathe through your mouth all night long, that's not fun. And then just that those little tiny hairs also help to filter out any pathogens, bacteria, lots of things. So another awesome way to help yourself stay healthy. I love that. And just in speaking of healthy, but I just have to say in a lot of ways for health, I mean, really, I'm just finding this journey metaphor, all roads leading to the vagus nerve is really kind of true. What I see quite often, insomnia, anxiety, I see so many people suffering with diarrhea, constipation, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome, syndrome symptoms, uh, or inflammatory bowel disease could be skin issues. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, really focusing on the vagus nerve and what the, the nerve is connecting to and how we can support that and oxygenating it, getting the, that deep breath there. So many things. Um, I've got a little list of things that I like to recommend for supporting uh, the vagus nerve. What are those? I mean- um, well, obviously the breathing. I mean, so important as you were saying and breathing th- these wonderful breaths. They're so rich for the vagus nerve. They're just so into, so vital for getting us into parasympathetic when we can recover, uh, rest and digest. All the things that you've mentioned also you know, really looking after ourselves, getting in lots of antioxidant rich foods, Lots of things, again, thinking rainbow, different colors of fruits and vegetables, uh, really focusing on getting beneficial bacteria in our gut by having um, probiotic rich foods like miso and kefir, kombucha, uh, potentially taking a probiotic, making sure we've got zinc for our immune system, all these things to just help reinforce our bodies, a natural, credible mechanism of healing and um, helping that motorway of the vagus nerve uh, stay in good construction um, to serve us well. And Beth, what I'm always curious about uh, the whole probiotic thing and the fermented type of foods, what would be your favorites? I know you mentioned a couple just now. Do you have a favorite that you feel like is good for most people and easy enough to access? Uh, I love miso. I don't love sauerkraut, but I do try to have it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Even if I drink the juice, I mean, like I'll pour a bit from the jar into a little cup and have that uh, for sure. Beer is always so wonderful. My son and my husband make kombucha. I'm a little, I'm a little suspicious of it because part of me thinks that there's a tiny bit of alcohol in it because it looks <laughs> like moonshine. But yes, we've got that on tap all the time. Got it. That's something that I'm trying to incorporate more into my family's kind of daily food intake. Um, and it doesn't come naturally, I have to say. So I have to work on it a little bit. In a lot of the traditional cultures like India and Iran, where I spent a lot of time, they drink these yogurt things, which are always after after a meal to help, I guess, with that fermented thing. And somehow something got lost in translation as that moved toward us in America. And now we all think it has to be some kind of sweetened dessert. <laughs> in, in those places, it's never sweet. It's, it's always 
is just the way it is, which is kind of a soury, savory. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. For sure. And a, like a really good quality Greek yogurt, unsweetened or coconut yogurt as well. Uh, probiotic yeah. rich, or even dare I say, making your own. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you could, yes. Yeah. Episode on this, on, on actual <laughs> like fermented foods in. Well, I guess I just wanted to briefly touch on a couple other things you can do to help increase the vagal tone from an Ayurvedic perspective or from any perspective, from a perspective of wanting to be as healthy as possible. One is something that we do very traditionally, and it's often something I'm recommending for people. And that is something called abhyanga or just a self massage with oil. Depending on your dosha, there would be a different type of oil that we would use. But specifically, when we think of a vata type of person, this is a person that isn't sleeping very much, that is constantly going, that is super active. And these people tend to have the sympathetic nervous system turned on all the time. And these are the people that really need this, this massage more than ever tend to recommend sesame oil for vata types. And it's such a simple thing. It's, it's just a self-massage that before you're showering, you're putting some of that oil in your hands, warming it up, and then just massaging the whole body, ears, nose, neck, the whole body gets it. And there will be days that you can spend 15 minutes doing this. There will be other days where you're, you will spend two minutes doing it. But I have to tell you, it is such an important thing to do for a vata person, but also really helpful in uh, increasing the vagal tone and, and stimulating the lymph system in the body. That's really one of the uses for it. Another important thing, there's been uh, some studies done on how this vagus nerve connects into the throat muscles and into that whole larynx system. So there's a specific pranayama, which I'm just going to show you quickly. It's called Brahmari. And it's one of my favorite. It's super simple, but it, what it does is it accesses this area because we're humming. So you're basically taking your hands, the first two fingers go on the eyes gently, thumbs in the ears, ring finger here at the nose, and then pinky finger at the mouth. And you inhale through the nose. As you exhale, you actually close everything and hum. So it looks like this. As you see, that takes less than one minute. You could do it, you know, repeat it for a couple minutes at a time. And that humming action is helping to increase the HRV, that heart rate variability, which is helping to tone the vagus nerve. And then we've got meditation, which I think everyone is familiar with. Any kind of loving kindness or compassion ideas with meditation is super helpful. And then lastly, I think Beth, you would probably agree. This is maybe Amamama's favorite go-to for stress reduction in general. And that's the tendon befriend. That means to just go meet your friend, have a coffee. Even though the coffee turns on the sympathetic system, the talking and connecting with that friend is going to turn on the parasympathetic. So there we have that push and pull again, um, or just call someone if you, if you can't see them and, and someone you love and have a conversation. I love that. I love that breathing exercise. I've really got to try it. You're definitely, you're stimulating at all the points. It's amazing. Um, I would say for me, I'll just name three things I want to do today to support my vagal, my vagus nerve. So one at dinner, I'm going to have something really warm, a nice warm stew to have that in my gut. So I'll, I'll, I'll feel really good and relaxed. A second thing is I'm going to take a hot shower, but I'm going to spray my feet with cold water for a minute. Mm -hmm. I'm not brave enough to the whole body, but my feet, cause that will also 
uh, help stimulate my immune system, reinforce, and it's a bit of a shock to the system, but it's a safe one just for about a minute that will support uh, my, my vagal nerve. And the third thing I'm going in a very relaxed way, I'm going to tickle my curiosity and learn in a relaxed state. I'm currently learning as much as I can about octopuses because their uh, nervous system is incredibly complex and they seem to want to communicate with us. There's this documentary on Netflix I want to watch. And oh, it's beautiful. I watched it. it. So I really want to relax and watch that. And then I just want to mention just really quickly, two things. I love a book by Sarah Wilson from I Quit Sugar. She wrote a book, First We Make the uh, Beast Beautiful about anxiety. And she's got an octopus on the cover. Finally, Fiona Apple, who's a favorite singer, has a wonderful music video um, every single night where she's got all this brain and octopus um, imagery. I love that. I'll check both of those out. And I did have the opportunity to watch the Netflix documentary, which is called, isn't it called My Friend the Octopus? I think it's, yes, I think it might, my teacher, the octopus, maybe. My teacher, the octopus. Yes. It's a beautiful yeah. documentary. What great advice. I love all three of those things, which I want to incorporate into my day as well. For me, my, my go-tos would be what I just suggested The the Abhayanga for me is definitely a daily that I do. It's really helpful for me. And then that, that nose breathing, I mean, through yoga or just sitting and doing some breathing exercises. Uh, for five to 10 minutes is my go-to daily. Keep everything in working order and communicating properly. And then I would say, if you wanted to learn more about the vagus nerve, I think um, along with what you recommended, Beth, uh, there's a great website and it's Stephen Borges. And he's done a lot of research on the vagus nerve and vagal tone. And he's from Brain Body Center in Chicago. And then there was a book that came out last year from James Nestor called Breathe. And that's a great book to read more about kind of why it's important to breathe through the nose. And he also touches on the vagus nerve in that book. I also really liked uh, Datcher Keltner uh, from University of Berkeley. I loved looking at the research he was doing and also Max Strom for breath. So there you have it, Vegas Nerve the Wanderer. Any, any last tidbits, Beth, you want to share? It's all a journey. We're connected. Gut, brain, London, Brooklyn. Just keep those, those good vibes and that strong connection and communicating, tending and befriending. Yes. And just remember that push-pull. It's everywhere. When you start to look around you, you'll see it everywhere in nature. It's such an important part of who we are, I think. Don't forget, you can always reach out to us and send us an email. You can send us a note on what you'd like us to talk about one of these sessions, questions, recommendations, anything. We're happy um, to be of assistance. And then just a reminder that the advice that we've given here today is only meant to help with nutritional, healthy lifestyle suggestions. It's not meant to treat or diagnose any health problems. So please do go see your doctor for specific health issues that you're having and join us here next time on brains and bellies with mama mama